Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Full Count Chaos. I'm back, I made it, I'm healthy, I'm good to go. I hope you're back. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you again for all the messages and emails sent my way, throwing me support, wishing me well during my surgery, sharing your experiences, going through the same thing, letting me know I'll be fine, which did help because I was freaking out. But I feel great. I feel fantastic that I was able to save some lives with donating that kidney. But holy shit, that damn catheter almost ruined the entire experience. And I know I'm not throwing out a hot take, huh? That's weird. You didn't like the catheter? shoved all up in them no that was not fun at all (laughs) and a little tmi here when the nurse was trying to pull it out i don't know somehow it got stuck as she tried to pull you want to talk about some pain no kelly clarkson my wife was like six doors down because she was the one who was receiving the kidney It was like a whole kidney swap situation but she heard me (laughs) but she texted me and she's like was that you it's like yeah that was me I probably woke up everybody in the damn hospital. But anyway, I hope you cleaned your shit up this week because we have a guest stopping by. Connor Newcomb, the host of Locked On Orioles podcast, of course, part of the Locked On Network, calls in this week. We chat about demos, all the fun we're having this year watching the Orioles. Wait, what did you say? Of course, we talk Adley, little Adley Rushman talk. I ask him, I you know, hey, how do you feel about Adley Rushman not being on the Orioles right now? Of course, he gives his opinion on that. We go down the list. We chat about some players that he's disappointed in, some of the players that were shocked that they're actually doing well, and uh, some random questions. Towards the end of the call, we learn a little bit more about Connor. You know, then we give our opinions on whether or not we like the guy. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Connor's a great guy. It meant a lot that he took the time to call in. It was a great call. So uh, let's get started. What do you say? Here we go. Watch out now. All right, Connor, let's jump right into it. Here we are, 15 and 24. The Orioles lost six of seven. Got swept by the Tigers earlier this week. Wasn't expecting that, but they did walk off the Yankees today. Anytime you walk off the Yankees, it's a great day. Here we are in May. How do you feel about what you've seen so far with the Orioles this year? Yeah, I think we're all pretty much in agreement that uh, you know the pitching has been better than anyone expected. I think on the flip side, the offense is probably a little worse than anyone expected. Uh, right now, obviously being without Mount Castle right now hurts. He should be back this weekend, but I think just the biggest thing to stick out. And, you know, you know, this was the first real losing streak of the year and you know, they're going to come. They lost, they lost five or six to start the year and then really playing good baseball there for a while. And it's nice that, you know, you, you hold it to six now, you know, with a Yankees and then a Rays stretch, two teams that have battered them over the last couple of years to get a little out of hand, but you know, the, the pitching top to bottom and the fact that this team has lost John Means after just a handful of starts and he's done for the year and probably the first half of next year at least. And the the rotation has held on. I mean, the only guy who's had probably bad starts is is just the last two times Spencer Watkins has pitched and he was even pretty good before that. And to be honest, like He's got, obviously, the lowest expectations out of all those guys. You know, you lose means. Dean Kramer's been hurt. Alexander Wells has been hurt. 
Zach Lowther's been so bad in AAA, he hasn't even seen the majors. <laughs> it hasn't mattered for the rotation. All right. Well, um, we're going to uh, jump right into something else that I was curious about. I mean, everybody's talking about it, and I don't know if you've heard of him. His name's Adley Rushman. Are you wondering where the hell he is, or are you just kind of sitting back going, nah, it's just part of the process. We'll see him soon. Well, on my podcast about a month ago, a little less than a month ago, I made official predictions for Adley, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall to get to the big leagues. Oh, okay. And my official prediction was Friday, May 20th. And with, as we speak, Adley being in the Norfolk lineup and playing in the AAA game, it's not impossible that he would come up you know, the next day, but it felt like this would be a perfect opportunity for, you know, Orioles play a day game. So you announce it after the game, you get those, that extra time for the tickets. He comes up on a Friday, you know, people don't have to go on a weeknight. You get a big crowd for a weekend series. You know, it's, it's not the Yankees or Red Sox. You don't have those fans taking over the ballpark like mm-hmm. they've done in the past. Sure. It felt like the perfect storm. You know, he's, he's complains a hundred percent. We know that, you know, he's hit two homers in the last two games. I don't know if it's happening. So it's kind of, you know, now that they're past my made up date, no one on the Orioles said this was the date. That was one of the dates that it almost made it seem like that was the date. And when it didn't happen, everybody was just outraged. But then at the same time, you take a step back and go, wait a minute. Uh, I think we started this drama. <laughs> right. But it, 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 you can still be mad. Sure. You know, an extra layer of this is look at the production of the Orioles catchers. Right now. Oh, geez. I mean, ben Boom and Chirinos are hitting like a combined 130. So it's yeah. not like you've you know, maybe still got Pedro Severino and he's, you know, got six home runs and hitting 300 and you're saying, all right, you know, let's (laughs) let Severino cook for a little bit. Sure. It's a black hole offensively and Chirinos and Ben, I mean, Ben Boom's okay, but Chirinos is not very good defensively either. No. So at the end of the day, like you're putting even something close to the best 26 players up there. Yeah. It's obviously Adley and especially with a giant hole at that position. Yeah. So again, I'm on that boat too. I'm, and a lot of people think, um, Elias is just playing games with his service time. And so do you think, I mean, I, again, I don't know if you personally know Elias or if, how often you speak to him every week, but what do you think that's happening? Is it just one of those things they want to make sure that he's 120% ready? Or do you think they're on something with the yeah, other kind of playing some games here with his time? Yeah, I think the next couple of days, the next week at the most is kind of the breaking point on that. You know, if he comes up in the next, even if it's not this weekend, maybe they debut him on the road. I think that would be kind of dumb, but maybe (laughs) they debut him on the road in New York. Mm -hmm. At that point, I I think I would find out, okay, you know what? They wanted him to get fully 100% back from that tricep injury, and they wanted to make sure he was all good. All the throwing, all the catching, all the hitting was all good. He had gotten into enough AAA games that he was ready to go. If we get to, say, next weekend, and he's still not up, you start to really think this is more service time because the next kind of deadline, he's already passed the deadline. Right. They'll get that extra year of control. But the next deadline is that super two deadline, which is right around the last week of May, first week of June, which doesn't give them another year of control. They've already gotten that. But what it does do is it limits how many years Adley is in arbitration, which means the Orioles can pay him the minimum salary for one extra year. And that's obviously saving a lot of money if he's going to be what they think he's going to be. Of course. And so yeah. And that conversation really, has been coming up a lot lately too. And that would be really disappointing, but I think like this week and early next week is going to be the breaking point on kind of that opinion. Yeah. He's got to come up. I mean, you know, we're talking pitchforks and flames and people standing outside of Elias's house soon. If he, uh, do you believe yeah. the hype about like with, um, keeping young studs down too long that can screw up their mojo? Cause you hear that conversation a lot, but you don't see any like stats that come up to prove that. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it messes. Like, Adley Rutschman knows he's ready to be in the big league. Sure. Right since he's been 15 years old, I think. <laughs> right, that's pretty clear. And right. to be honest, like, Grayson Rodriguez knows he's probably ready to be in the big league. Yeah. Right? I think they understand what's going on. And, and and that's the other thing. Like, you know, they they all are trained to dance around it in the media. But the things they say are not always the things they think. Of course. Because they also know how bad the team is, how it's still in a rebuild. And, and they get why they're still in AAA. They might not be happy about it. I think, and, and it also might be, you know, say they wait till June or something and Adley finally comes up. Maybe it's just like, a, all right, I'm going to prove to you why this was just idiotic to keep me down here. And, <laughs> and maybe that makes it better. You know, I don't think if he comes up in June, I don't think that'll make him, you know, hit 150 because he's mad that he didn't come up earlier. <laughs> right. All right, folks, in about 20 seconds, we're going to get right back to Connor from Locked On Podcast, talk all about the Orioles. I just want to remind you, download ColorCast app. It's worth it. It's a live audio-only sports talk platform, free to download, free to use, perfect to watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experience on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app. It's free. Like I said, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the league. Boom, you're done. ColorCast app. All right, Connor, it's 2023. All right, where do you expect, not hope, but expect to see this team competitive, going deep in the playoffs, playing 500 ball, holding up the trophy? What what do you got? Yeah, I wouldn't put them in the playoffs next year. I wouldn't rule out a 2012-like run, and expect, especially with an expanded playoffs. You know, there's even more teams that get in now. than Six teams from each league makes it a little bit easier to get in. But I would say 2023, you know, I think in the offseason, the Orioles sign a legitimate free agent. And in terms of a hitter, and I think they will trade for a legitimate starting pitcher in the offseason. And I think when you add that to the talent that they have found that they have this year, and you have Adley Grayson and DL Hall, and probably Kyle Stowers as well on opening day, along with a guy like Kyle Bradish, who we've already seen, I think this Orioles team can shoot for a winning record next year. If you know, so you're looking, you're looking at above 500 baseball next year. Yeah. Okay. I remember that 2012 team. I mean, literally every break that could have gone their way <laughs> went their way. They were so, supposed to be worse than the 2011 team on paper. Right. And that so, was incredible. You know, if that that could happen, and if yeah. that does happen, yeah, maybe they'd be a playoff team. But sure. I think, you know, you're looking to, if you could get to 70 wins this year, that's a big A+. plus. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they'll def, definitely at least try to not lose 100 games this year. Yeah. And then next year you're looking, all right, can we can we sniff that 80 number? Can we continue to get the prospects up? And I think another thing they could do next year is starting in the offseason, start to trade from the prospect depth to get, you know, not yeah. go for the rental player, right. your guy, go for the three years left guy where a team like, let's say the Reds selling off players for nothing. Yeah. I think that's what they need to start to do. Okay, so do you think, I mean, with Grayson and DL and Means in the picture, and uh, did you think that um, Elias might be spending money on a starter? I do. I, I think, you know, I don't think it's going to be a free agent signing. I actually think the starter is going to come via trade because I think what we've kind of learned with how Elias has built this system, especially through the draft, mm-hmm. is that he loves to develop hitters, especially college hitters. And I think he basically, you know, you think about the guys that have come through, you know, in terms of the younger pitchers, they've either been guys who were drafted by Dan Duquette or, you know, in the sense of, of a guy like Kyle Bradish, a pitcher that Elias has traded for as a prospect. And so I think in terms of what he wants to do pitching wise, I think he's going to add via trade. And, you know, you, you think about all the good college hitters they've drafted over the last couple of years, 
all those guys can't play in the big leagues at the same time. There's not enough. There's not right. positions on the field. So I think he's going to trade from that depth and go get, you know, a legitimate starting pitcher. Like the name I've thrown out a couple of times is Tyler Molly from the Cincinnati Reds. You know, hmm. he's a legitimate, you know, number two at his best on a good team and maybe better on a bad, like he's the number one for the Reds right now. But I just think they're going to trade everybody in the next year. And that is a guy who has, you know, three more years of control that has some really good stuff that the Orioles should go get and just stick behind Grayson and DL Hall and and put together a good rotation. Cause you got to remember, you know, it'd be nice if John Means is back in the second half next year, but there's a chance where he doesn't pitch at all next season. We love Bruce Zimmerman, but I got to see a full season of him before we evaluate him as a, you know, future rotation piece. So there's still openings there. And I think Elias definitely is going to make a trade from that prospect depth to get a start. Well, you just answered my next question. I was going to ask you about Bruce. So I'm going to move on to Kyle Bradish. I mean, how do you feel so far? I know he's got a 506 um, ERA, 136 whip, but what you've seen so far, I mean, what do you think? I think he's the real deal. Yeah. And I really do think that that trade that Elias made with Dylan Bundy is going to go down as one of the best trades that he will make and that the Orioles have made. Wow. I mean, nothing's going to top the Adam Jones trade. I mean, to get Jones for Eric, Bedard, <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. right, but right, right. I think that trade's going to go down because look, you look at the rest of what came over in that trade and, you know, between Zach peak and Kyle Brinovich, although Brinovich is get just got Tommy John. I think one of those two guys is going to be a big league or two. And I just think at the end of the day, I mean, Bradish's stuff, those 11 strikeouts against St. Louis last week, we, the stuff is good. The breaking balls are ridiculous. He's really confident. You know, he throws strikes, even when he's getting hit around by the Yankees on Monday night, yeah. he's still striking out six batters despite giving up, you know, I think nine hits, even if Stanton hits a ball 120 miles an hour <laughs> off the bat, right. Bradish is right back to the mound, ready to face him the next time and throw him a better breaking ball this time to yeah. try and get him out. And he- I like that moxie that he pitches with. I think he's got really good stuff. There's some people I've seen who, you know, some of them even like prospects and watch them more than I do, who think he might be a better prospect than DL Hall. I don't know if I agree with that because interesting stuff as a lefty hmm. is so rare. He's he's got a future. Yeah, no, I'm big. I, I hyped him up on the podcast. I love what I see, and you got a good point. Game face, he doesn't get rattled, and he just keeps throwing at him. I want to stay on the topic of uh, uh, pitching real quick. And it has to do with the wall. Now, I know the other night everybody was up in arms. I'm sure you heard this. Aaron Judge and Boone bitching about the wall. <laughs> you know, come on. What are you, 10 years old? What are you, what are you complaining about the wall? I want to ask you, well, I was excited when I first heard about the wall. My knee-jerk reaction was like, hell yeah. Because I always, look, I love Camden Yards, okay? I, I, it's my number one ballpark, of course. But when they were pushing back the wall, I was excited because I was I've always said it's like a little league ballpark. And I truly thought that pitchers didn't want to come here because of that. And obviously that's a big reason why they did that. How did you feel about the, uh, the wall getting pushed back? Were you excited about that because of feeling that more pitchers were going to want to come in and pitch in Camden yards? Yeah, I've been on board to be yeah. since, since I kind of saw it. And I actually, the first game I went to this year, I went to, I believe the third home game of the year against Milwaukee. And oh, really? The first, uh, the first homestand. And then we went and sat, I got tickets out in the left field seats, you know, by the wall. And I just wanted to go check it out and like have my seats be out there for the whole game. And it, it's cool. It gives a different feel. Like, obviously, you know, I've sat in the first row out in left field before, and it was very cool to be that close to like the actual dirt and know that like, you know, yeah. an outfielder could reach into your lap. Basically, <laughs> It does literally feel like you're on the field. Right. I yeah. know. Yeah. I like how it gives the ball, you know, 
people are saying, oh, they ruined the aesthetic of the ballpark. The aesthetic is the warehouse line in the background when yeah. you're sitting, you know, behind home plate. And, you know, it, I think it's nice. And, and, you know, you talk about attracting pitchers. I almost think, you know, it just got annoying. And this is what Brandon Hyde talked about this week, that just like so many just fly balls to left field became home runs. And for a while that helped the Orioles, but it really hurt the Orioles more than it helped them for most of that time. And it's nice to just even things out. And the other thing, you know, this is maybe a little bit of a stretch, but I've talked about this on my podcast is that when you look how the Orioles are built right now, at least in the the higher parts of the minor leagues, they're better prospects and the guys in the big leagues right now. I mean, you think about all the starting pitchers they have in terms of Alexander Wells and John Means and Bruce Zimmerman and DL Hall coming up and Drew Rahm coming up. You know, all these lefties, you know, these lineups in the AL East, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Blue Jays have these massive right-handed power hitters. Yeah. That's an advantage for the Orioles. Sure. That wall is pushed back. And the other thing is you look at the Orioles' best hitting prospects. Obviously, Adley Rutschman is a switch hitter, but, you know, a guy like Kyle Stowers is a lefty and Colton Kowser is a lefty and Heston Kerstad is a lefty and Gunnar Henderson is a lefty. And you look at all these guys and you think it's not going to affect the Orioles' top hitting prospects. Right. And it's going to help their top pitchers just in general, whether they're righties or lefties. And, you know, is this the new money ball changing your field, to fit your organization? <laughs> Maybe that's a little bit of a tinfoil hat. For me. No, I like I'm it. Yeah, I'm on board, podcast, but <laughs> I've been on board. Um, I do want to shift over to offense. Just a cu- couple players. I just want to run by, you know, just get your thoughts. Tyler Nevin, obviously the Givens trade. What's your thoughts on this kids? 200 average right now, 553 OPS. He does have a home run, six RBIs after 50 at bats. Are you liking what you're seeing with the kid? I love Tyler Nevin. This has been my Orioles prospect crush. Okay. Since he <laughs> came over in that trade, that Michael Givens trade. And, okay. You know, I, I talked about how that, that Dylan Bundy trade was maybe the best that Elias has made right. and maybe will ever make in mm-hmm. terms of, of trading big leaguers for prospects. Sure. I would say that Tyler Nevin might be number two. The fact that they gave up Michael Givens, who Givens was never a closer. He was a seventh, you know, trade a seventh inning guy basically. Yeah. And get Nevin and get Taron Vavra, who was the best player in that deal. And, you know, he's on the injured list right now. Of in course. AAA, but yeah. Hopefully he'll be back soon. And then they got a pretty good, you know, 18 year old outfielder who's killing it, um, you know, playing pretty well in the low minor leagues, but in my shell day stone. But at the end of the day, you know, Nevin, you know, it's always nice to have the son of a big leaguer uh, <laughs> on your team. But he the thing I always loved about him is, you know, he's got big power in the bat and, you know, he's hit two home runs as an Oriole, but they've both been mammoth home runs. And the thing I've always loved about him is a he's versatile defensively. He can play third, first, right field, left field. And he's always been known for his batter's eye. And I have you know, I am all over any prospect who at that young of an age is already that in control of their strike zone. And if you go back and look at some of his numbers in the Rocky system, like, you know, you know, long stretches of more walks than strikeouts like that. Right. You know, I, I like the, I get that the hits haven't fallen in for him, but he did have two hits in today's game. Yes, he did. And you know, the the approach looks good and he's starting to hit the ball harder. And I just, you know, the thing that's really surprised me is he's looked a lot more comfortable at third base than I thought he would defensively too. Yeah. And I just really think, you know, I don't know where he fits in because he's almost, you know, just a better, you know, a a better defensive version of Trey Mancini, but you know, and, and that, and Ryan Mountcastle is, is a better hitter, but he falls into kind of that (laughs) positional category Sure. and the outfield's pretty crowded. And so you almost look at him and say, you might have to just 
grind it out every day defensively working at third base because that's where the opening is for Tyler Nevin. But right. I, I, I really like him and I really, you know, I don't know what the future holds just because of he's kind of in between the, the, you know, herds of prospects right, right now. Right. But if he makes the most of this year, which is going to be his year, you know, his chance to be in the big leagues, then he's going to stick around. Now, uh, speaking about things getting crowded, Jorge Mateo. I mean, the guy's just fun to watch. He's not exactly lighting it up with the stats with batting, but flashy with defense and speed. He's he needs to stick around for a little bit, right? Yeah, I for Mateo, you know, I'm not going to be devastated if Mateo is not on the next good Orioles team because he's he's bounced around a lot already, and he goes he goes through stretches where the bat really is not there. But he's the players, the kind of player you need when you're going through a rebuild in the majors to make you want to tune into the games. Yeah. And, you know, Mateo is not going to go four for five with two doubles and a homer, but what he's going to do is he's going to drop a ball into right center field. And for the other eight players, and then get a triple a single. <laughs> and exactly. He's going to go for second. Right. And right. He's going to make it fun. He might get thrown out sometimes. And he's got 11 steals on the year. I think he's second in the big leagues right now. You know, the Orioles besides Cedric Mullins haven't really had anybody who's stolen bases in like the last decade. Well, I think and you're so, right about uh, uh, during a rebuild, he's a perfect guy to have because he's flashy, he's fun, he's entertaining, and that's yeah, what you kind of need when you're going through a rebuild. <laughs> he's playing a better shortstop than I thought he would. You know, I kind of wrote him off in terms of a shortstop. You know, before the season in the in in spring training, I kind of had you know said all along, Mateo's definitely going to be on this team, but I'd said you know maybe he's a second baseman. I don't really know where he plays. You know, the yeah. Orioles have a shortstop hole, but will he play there? He is the shortstop, I think, on this team right now. And, right. and you know, again. I don't know if they hold on to him long enough just because of all the shortstops that are coming for the Orioles. Yeah. But it's just, he's, he's fun. And you know, there has been a lot of fun players over the last couple of years. Right. All right. We're uh, almost getting wrapped up here and then we're going to do random questions. I, I did want to ask you this. This comes up in my uh, circle of Orioles conversations. Uh, Cedric Mullins. All right. Gets brought up in conversations that I have with other people in the show and emails that come in about he's great trade bait i mean you know he's not the strongest arm from center field all right but does that make you just shake your head when you hear the words mullins and trade in the same sentence or you know hey it's just just business i mean if if elias gets a good call off he goes i mean again the thing about this part of the rebuild is you're starting to hold on to players who you like and i get that if someone offered mike elias a deal that just no one in their right mind would turn down mullins could potentially well, that's almost every player except right. maybe Mike exactly. Trout. <laughs> that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. Right. But at the end of the day, you know, people were, were mad when that report came out of the offseason that, you know, the Orioles have uh, answered some calls about <laughs> Cedric Mullins and Austin yeah. Hayes. I'm right. like, yeah, Mike Elias is not going to hang up on, you know, GMX. <laughs> right, right, season, right. Obviously. Right. And that was literally what the report was, is that teams <laughs> have called the Orioles to inquire about Cedric Mullins. Michael Eyes didn't do anything there, but pick up the phone. It's not like he's shopping him around or anything. I think Mullins, you know, I think, I don't think his career is going to be like last year. I think that was probably the best year of his career, but I don't think he's, you know, the player we saw two or three years ago where the only way he could get on base was basically a bunt single. Right. I think he is pretty close to what we've seen so far this year where, you know, he's hitting around 260, 270. You know, he's still got the pop in his game and he's hitting doubles and triples and can't really throw in center, but he covers so much ground that he makes up for it. I think he's a he's a really good center fielder. And and the other thing is, you know, when you get further and further, you know, down this rebuild line and things start to to trend upward, you know, if, if we look back in three years and Cedric Mullins 
is, you know, maybe just kind of he's stabilized what he can do and he's hitting eighth and playing center field for the Orioles. I mean, I would I would love that because that would tell me, A, the Orioles had a lot of good hitters that passed him in the lineup and B, we held on to and probably extended a player that Baltimore just kind of fell in love with. Of course, Matt, that's positive. So we're on the same page with that. All right, let me ask you this. Not about a player, obviously. Brandon Hyde. I mean, how should they handle him? I'm on board with giving him a chance in the next few years. Yeah, I'm so conflicted about the Brandon Hyde situation because this is the first year where he's had like, you know, people always would get, some people would get mad about his bullpen situations, you know, who he would use. This might be the first year as a major league manager, this is fourth season, where he's legitimately had more than two guys who he could trust to get out. <laughs> right, right, right. Like, you know, it, it, you can only just start kind of grading his managerial skills now. And a lot of managerial skills can't really be graded by the fans. It's more about how well he fits in with the vision of the front office, how he handles the players in the clubhouse. You know, and we've, we've read stories about, you know, how great he was uh, in just, you know, being there for Trey Mancini when, you know, Trey got his unfortunate cancer diagnosis right. a couple of years ago and right. how much Trey appreciated, you know, what Brandon Hyde has meant to him. And I mean, that's important because a lot of it's about just like managing personalities in a big league clubhouse. But the other thing about it is this organization loves loves Buck Britton, who's now the manager in AAA. There could come a weird situation where, you know, if Brandon Hyde gets another extension, we know he's extended through at least next season. But if he gets another extension, you know, another major league team calls Buck Britton and says, hey, Buck, you know, you seem to be blocked at the major leagues. Why don't you come here and interview for our big league manager job? And I don't think the Orioles want that to happen either. I think they love Brandon Hyde. I think they love Buck Britton. They're going to have a really tough decision to make in the next couple of years. And I don't even know where I would begin to try and make that decision. That's why we don't get paid the big bucks. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, that all all makes sense. And before we uh, get to the random questions, let me just ask you this uh, simple one. So who's impressed you the most? Which player so far? Comes the That's first one question. that comes to mind. I think I think the first one is Bruce Zimmerman. Struggled a little bit today, but I just think the, the the strides he's made. And I did an episode about how he's basically morphing into John Means 2.0. And hmm. if the Orioles get that out of Bruce Zimmerman, I mean, that's one of the bigger wins of this rebuild. Yeah, I <laughs> I have to agree with that. Who's your biggest disappointment? I mean, I don't even want to. I, I mean, the worst player on the team is Chris Owings, but I had no expectations for him anyway. So <laughs> I was going to say you had high hopes for him. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't even think that's disappointing. <laughs> oh, biggest disappointment is a good one because I feel like there's been a lot of positives on this team. Maybe, maybe Ramon Arias. You know, it hasn't been horrendous, but he definitely started off really slow. He looks like and he's he's uh, swinging a bat that's too heavy. I don't know what's yeah, happening he, there. He, he's a little kid swinging one of those big giant plastic <laughs> bats. Right, right. That's what he kind of looks like at times. But um, that's a good call. I think just also for Arias, it was like, hey man, the infield is wide open, and if you play like you did last year, you're going to yeah. lock down a spot. And he just hasn't done it, and I think that's why it's been a little disappointing. All right, well, Connor. Learned a few things about you tonight that you definitely know your Orioles, you love your Orioles, and you want to see them O's win. Now, we're going to continue to learn a few more things about you with the random questions here. And the first question to start you off with is if you could know the absolute truth to one question in life about anything at all, what question would you ask? Ooh, now that, that first of all, that's a really good question to uh, start me off with. <laughs> You know, I am uh, I am definitely a big believer that there is 
certainly other life in the universe. Oh, okay. And it would be awesome to know. Yeah. Because I, I'm pretty bought in that I, there's so many galaxies and just infinite possibilities. Of course. I would really love to know like where the closest life is. Um, do you get in, do you get into that? Uh, like uh, conspiracy theories with aliens and all that cool shit? Nah, I mean, not really conspiracy theories. I just feel like the odds are that the amount of galaxies and stars and planets and that's you right, know, yeah. just just the odds. There's no way that it's it goes on forever. Yeah, <laughs> I tried to. I've years ago. I stopped trying to wrap my mind around that. Yeah, like, all right, that, that's too much. All right, I like it. All right, uh, which bothers you the most during a baseball game? Now, none of these may, but uh, just curious because they basically all bother me. Uh, the wave. Seeing grown men wearing a baseball glove during the entire game or fans wearing a team's jersey that's not even playing that day? The wave. And I okay. don't, I kind of like how the wave gets people like, you know, people are having fun when they're doing the wave. I just, I'm just, and I saw it, I was watching a hockey playoff game the other day and they were doing the wave and I'm like, In hockey? Stanley Cup playoffs. But Interesting. I, the, the wearing the glove thing, if you're in a spot where you can catch a ball, maybe it's okay. Right. And the jersey of the team not playing, I don't think I've ever done it, but I wouldn't be opposed to doing it. Do you like, put that on I, the level of, of trolling? If I ever went, see, I've never been to Fenway or anything. If I went to Fenway for a random Red Sox whatever game, You'd represent? I would consider wearing an Orioles hat. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Okay. All right. What makes you say, what the hell was I thinking when you look back on your life? could be anything like uh somebody you dated clothes you wore music you listened to anything oh you know what i actually mentioned it briefly already but taking an unpaid internship instead of a paying job <laughs> as my first gig out of college well i i mean don't beat yourself up too much on that i mean if you thought you're going to get ahead in your career doing it i was driving back and forth every day from where i lived in maryland to hagerstown which just shy of 90 minutes one way well, to make you feel better, I did. Well, no, I can't make you feel better because I was getting paid doing that. Um, <laughs> um, I was do. I was driving to Ocean City and back. I, I was on a radio show, and every night that's a three-hour drive back and forth, back and forth. Wow. Yeah, wow. That, that was a rough one. That was, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I kicked myself in the butt. I was young, and uh, you know, I'm thinking there's other opportunities. It's a whole long story, but I, I know the feeling of the long drive. But can I ask you? I don't mean to get you know too, too deep into your personal business. What was was there another opportunity where you probably could have had that was paying and you said no to that or, uh, not at the moment. There wasn't a situation where I chose the Hagerstown one directly over another paying gig, but it was just basically driving 90 minutes to a job right. without getting paid. Yeah. That's a, that's I a tough back, choice. I look back and I had, you know, my, my gig where I call games at Johns Hopkins. I had that lined up to start in late August of that year. And I could have just, not done anything for those three months and just went and you know, worked <laughs> at a restaurant or worked somewhere, you know, 25, 30 hours a week. Yeah. The more you're talking about it, I, I get where you're coming from. <laughs> and I still had that next gig lined up. I did not need that internship to have that next gig lined up. Okay. And it's something I don't even put on my resume anymore. That's hilarious. And, uh, yeah. I get, yeah. Okay. I totally get your answer now. <laughs> yep. I was thinking, no, yeah, everybody does that with the internship, but okay. I, I, I get it. Um, all right. Uh, what, Let's see. We did that. Uh, you're on death row. What's your last meal? Ooh. I mean, I feel like a, a very Maryland answer would be to say a crab cake. But of what course. I'm going to say is a different uh, Baltimore favorite is uh, a full rack of ribs and fries from Corner Stable. Ooh. 
Good call. All right. Yeah. So are you a barbecue guy? I am. All yes. right. Well, there you go. That makes sense. All right. What's the last thing that made you say, damn, that was effed up? Where do I begin? <laughs> um, I don't know. Here, here, let me let me give you the uh, the Orioles answer, which is the fact that yeah. Adley Rutschman is not in the big leagues yet. <laughs> um, that probably made me say that. It's a great answer. That probably made me say that today. All right. Um, we can go with that. Unless yeah. you know uh, another one jumps out. But yeah, it's probably anybody who deals with the Orioles. If I asked that, that'd be their first answer. Yeah. All right, we'll go with that. Uh, almost done here. Uh, what's something that people think make, makes them look cool these days, but actually makes them look ridiculous in your opinion? It could be any you know, people on TikTok or what they wear. This could offend some people. But of course. Investing, investing in cryptocurrency. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Although I maybe it's just because I don't know about it all, so I'm nervous, but... Yeah, from what I hear, it's yeah. Well, did you did you see the Nationals promoting that new cryptocurrency and then it crashed immediately as they told everyone to buy it? Did not see that. Yeah, that <laughs> that's was, amazing. Uh, that was a rough look for the Nationals. All right, uh, moving right along here. Uh, yes or no on whether these people are athletes? All right, horse jockeys. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I think uh, you know that, that's a small person <laughs> and a big animal. So okay. I will say yes. Out of Everybody I've had on the podcast, you're the first person to say yes, but your backup answer, I I, I might have to jump on board with that. Uh, Bob sledding team. Yes. Wow. I okay. actually thought about that one for a little longer than the than the jockey one. <laughs> okay. Uh, curling in Olympics. Ooh. Are they technically Olympic athletes? Yes. <laughs> could could I go do it? Yes, and that might make me say no. <laughs> Well, I don't know. Uh, it was funny. A buddy of mine and I were talking about curling one time. We were watching it and we said, you know what? We should train. And we started looking up the uh, players on what they did. And most of them are like substitute teachers. They yep. work at a gas station. You know what I mean? It's like, wait a minute. We could do this if we trained and raised a little bit of money here. Uh, how about a bowler? Professional bowler. You know what? The Just from the amount of bowling I've done in my life and my parents were both big bowlers. Um, I will, I will say yes as a shout out to that. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, so far there's only one, wait a minute, curling. Did you say yes or no? I, I, I ended up on a no. Okay. So that's still, wow. That's amazing. You, you have said yes more than anyone. Uh, how about a pro golfer? I got to tell you, I could not be less tuned in to what's going on in the world of golf. <laughs> um, even though one of my best friends works for golf digest. Oh, really? That's the only, that's the only view I have into the golf world. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like if I said no and he found this podcast, <laughs> it wouldn't be good. Um, are they? I'll, I'll give I'll give him a yes oh, just because of how go- how hard golf is. At the end of the day, I'll give him a yes. That's true because I do golf a lot, and it seems like the more I golf, the worse I get. So yeah, I guess you know you got to give credit to those guys. Last one here: NASCAR drivers. Do you think they're athletes? Are they better drivers than me? Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Does that make them athletes? You know, you know what? I will, I will pass on the question to answer it like this. <laughs> okay. The people in the pit crew are definitely athletes. That is what I want. That's interesting. I haven't heard anyone say it like that before. I and I have seen highlights of those guys working, guys and girls, whatever. And it's pretty amazing. Crazy. Yeah. And I've heard that apparently a lot of those people are ex, like you know, professional athletes. Not like you know, dudes who played 15 years in the NFL, but guys who got like a cup of coffee in training camp. Or guys who were, you know, were in the NBA on the end of a bench for a half season or something. A lot of those athletes, just like the training they've done, then they're All right. 
I didn't. Re- I've got to give you credit for uh, throwing that out there. I like that. All right, last one here, and this is a big topic, and I'll, I have a very strong answer towards this. Uh, I'm just curious what you think. Robot umps, are you for it or against it? I'm for it. Thank you. Me too. Excellent. I just, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole right now because we're wrapping it up, but thank God you you agree because probably would have hung up on you a little earlier. Um, now, uh, I, I, actually, before we wrap it up, is there any, uh, I always, you know, TV shows, Netflix shows, anything out there that you recommend that you've watched lately? Oh, well, uh, I just, I just finished Ozark. Oh, so did I. Loved it. Uh, fantastic show. What'd you think uh, of the last episode? Did that, did it ruin it for you? Uh, no, it wasn't my favorite ending to shows I've watched. Right. Me too. Uh, but I still, uh, I still enjoyed, you know, the show and yeah. in general, and you know, I think the earlier seasons were better than the later ones, but me too. Yeah. Show. I got hooked quickly. Uh, I, I love Jason Bateman. Just, uh, yeah, he's great. He's, he's great. Awesome. And then better call Saul. I'm onto the final season of that, which is airing right now, which is a great, you are on the final season. Yes. The me too. Of, Cause uh, every time I try to talk better call Saul, it's the people who wait for Netflix to upload. It's so frustrating. I'm like, God damn it. I want to talk about yeah. the, you know, the yeah. new episodes. Yeah. I love that. I'm better not all called up, but I, I have, uh, I have started this. Love it. I, I love it too. Excellent. Well, those are like the two top two favorite shows <laughs> on my list. Ozark and better call. Saul. you can't really get wrong with those. I'll throw you a curveball. Okay. I'm watching that. It's uh it's third season is just wrapping up. Um, it is a reality dating show called temptation Island. Oh my uh, God. That's funny. I saw me, something, uh, uh, some advertising about that, and I, I kind of just laughed. But yeah, maybe me it's and worth my it. Girlfriend and a couple of my friends watched that show, and it is <laughs> it's addicting. Good, bad TV. <laughs> it's a, yeah, right. It sucks you in. And okay, well then uh, to wrap it up, I'll throw one. I'll throw one at you, so we even out. Uh, I'm going to use the word embarrassment. I've been getting hooked on the uh, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard trial. I don't know if you know have, anything about yeah, that. I, ha- I have seen so much about it, but I just have. Not oh, God. Like it. two weeks ago, I walked in and I'm like, God, I said, babe, why are you watching that? 48 hours later, I'm just three in the morning. I'm like six inches from the TV. <laughs> like, what is going on here? But hey, kind of just remind everybody how, uh, you know, Twitter, how they can find you, your show, all the good stuff. Yeah, so host of the Locked On Orioles podcast, uh, daily podcast covering the Orioles, the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, follow mm-hmm. us on Twitter at Locked On Orioles. You can find the podcast uh, wherever you get your pods. And uh, it's about 30 minutes uh, every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And then we are also on YouTube now as well. Locked On Orioles YouTube page every show. Uh, you can watch me and look at my face as I talk about the <laughs> Orioles. No, I saw well. that. Congratulate! I saw you over 200 subscribers, man. You guys are rolling. You're rolling. Yeah, we're, uh, we're we're pushing towards 400 now, which is good nice. for you. To get, uh, so we're having we're having record record listenership in terms of the uh, in terms of the audio version as well. So That's uh, awesome. even though the Orioles are losing, people are tuning in. Which now is we'll nice. wait till they start winning because I've noticed exactly. that with my stats. So you know, it's same thing. When they win, they're up. When they lose, you know, who the hell wants to listen about the Orioles? But <laughs> you know, it, it's whatever. Well, Connor, thank you, thank you, thank you for calling in. I, I really do appreciate it and. Uh, Again, I'm a fan of your show. I've been wanting to have you on for a while. Hopefully next time, if I have you on, we can talk about how wasn't that amazing seeing the Orioles, you know, hold up the trophy on, on Utah Street. So That sounds good to me. Know. But hey, listen, you take care of yourself, Connor, and I'm sure we'll be in touch. And uh, go O's. Talk to you later, of man. Of course. All right, buddy. Take care, Connor. <laughs>